Good morning, everyone. Last week, do you guys remember in what did God clothe our first parents? What were they clothed with? Hide from an animal. Okay, skins, the skins of animals. Okay. Now, that, that's good, right, guys? Okay. Next one, as a recap, how is this a picture of our salvation in Jesus? Is anything just popping in mind? It's not easy. I gotcha. Okay. So Jesus died as a lamb, right? The representation for our sins so that we might be clothed in his righteousness. As he provided clothing for them, he provided clothing for us in Christ because his righteousness is what God sees in us now, right? So there's a recap of kind of last week. So now we're going to go into a couple questions. I'm going to repeat some questions for you, kind of like normal, and just think about them when I read the scripture, okay? First one, where did God send Adam and Eve Okay, think about that. Where did he send them after everything happened? Why did God make them leave? So, where did he send them, and why? And what did God use to guard the garden? Okay, so think about those questions. And we're going to go ahead and get into some scripture. So everyone, if they want to turn their Bibles to Genesis 3, uh, 20 through 24, you're welcome to join in on that, even online too. Jump on in. And I'll start. Now the man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. And the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them, like you said, right? Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might reach out with his hand and take the fruit also from the tree of life and eat it and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out, and at the east, basically at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the ch- cherubim, I can always say it wrong, cherubim, and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Right? So what was that, kind of the idea of what just happened? They remember, the, this is the part where they got basically kicked out of Eden, right? They sinned against God. God can't be with sin. So he said, okay, you're pretty much kicked out. So he pretty much kicked out of Eden out. That's basically what happened. So now I come back to these questions. Where did God send Adam and Eve? Anything? Thinking? Leo? Okay. So he sent them out of the Garden of Eden. Pretty easy, right? He just kicked them out. (laughs) He sent them away from his presence and the tree of life. Yeah, kind of crazy. Now, why did God make them leave? Yes. Because of their sin, right? Because remember, God is holy, and when we sin against him, he can't be a part of that, so it's separated, right? So because of that, he didn't want them to eat also of the tree of life because they would live forever in their sinful state. And he didn't want that because that would be really, really bad. (laughs) He sent them out, yes. Fantastic. I love it. So what did God use to guard the garden? Yeah, the cherubim and the flaming swords. So the cherubim, if I say that wrong, I'm sorry, everyone, forgive me. The cherubim and a flaming sword. What an interesting way to guard the garden, right? So the cherubim are like, like warrior angels, all right? And Adam was called to guard the garden from evil. So he was actually originally supposed to protect it. He was like the priest that God is priest to protect the garden. 
And so these angels were called to do what Adam failed to do. It's kind of embarrassing. Like, oh, you failed to do it, so now I've got to get these guys to do it for you. <laughs> and they were to make sure nothing sinful, including man, entered into God's holy garden. So when they got kicked out, they watched that place to make sure nobody entered in there, right? Because once we sinned, right? Once he sinned, we all sinned. Because Adam represented us as mankind. So now he's like, no one can get in here because all sin falls short. But the main idea I'm trying to get at you guys, right, is if we are to live with God, our sin must be removed from us. And that's kind of like, huh, that's a lot to bear. <laughs> like, how do we get it removed? Well, here we go. So let me give you some background. So the garden was a temple, okay? It was a temple, you know, where God actually lived. It was a place where God lived, and God had placed Adam in it to live with, and to live with him and worship him as a priest. So temple, Adam was made to be a priest to worship God. When Adam sinned, he fell from his high position. Remember, he was on a kind of high position. He was a priest, and he fell. You see, God is holy, huge. That's the biggest thing. God is holy, right? God equals holy. He is good, and he cannot live with evil. He can't even be a part of it. So he is light and cannot dwell with darkness. Adam had become evil and dark from that sin. So God had to kick him out of the temple because he just couldn't be a part of it. And God placed powerful angels called cherubim at the entrance of the garden, like I said before. These angels were a reminder, okay? Remember, it's a reminder that because of his sin, Adam's sin, he could not live with God. So, he, you know, right there you got this, this angel block and you're also over here and you sinned against God and you're like, well, why is there an angel blocking that? Why can't I go back in? And they probably thought that, but that's why, because of their sin. Later, when the tabernacle and temple would be built, okay, God told his people to put up a thick curtain at the entrance of the Holy of Holies. I don't know if you remember that in the Old Testament when they built the tabernacle, they put this like curtain above it. And that was almost like a big keep out sign too, separating them from man. The Holy of Holies is where God lived. But as the entrance was a closed curtain, and so let me ask you a question. Do you know what the woven, woven, <laughs> what the woven on the curtain was? I, I didn't know this until I read this too, so I'm just throwing this out at you. Cherubim. And I get this verse from Exodus 26.1. That's what it was made out of. <laughs> so God's holy presence was being guarded from all that was sinful. No one dared to walk past the cherubim into God's presence. Nobody dared. I wouldn't. Would you like to go up to a giant angel with a flaming sword and try to enter somewhere? I probably wouldn't. I'd probably die. So not a good thing. But here we go. A little bit more. We're trying to speed this up. So sin drives us from God's presence. Plain and simple. We're in sin, we're driven away from God's presence in that. But is there any hope of getting back in the garden? And will the cherubim keep us out forever? No, all right, okay, I got that. So God wanted to live with us so much that he made a way for us to get back in. So one greater than Adam would come. Do you know who it is? Do you know the one that was greater than Adam that would come to save us? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Yeah, all right. Jesus Christ, yes. Okay, perfect. His name is Jesus Christ. And he would suffer under the flaming sword of God's judgment. Remember, he took all that wrath for us, for our sins, so that we could live with God again. Actually, I have a kid's book. I just read this to my son all the time called The Garden, the Curtain, and the Cross. Like, insane. It all matched this. So, cute little book. I love it. Um, but yeah, so 
Remember, under the flaming sword, God's judgment for our sins so that we would come so that we could live with God again. This is why the curtain from the temple tore from top to bottom. If you remember that when Christ died on the cross, that curtain tore. And it tore from top to bottom. And when Jesus died on that cross, that we can live with God again because of Jesus. It's only because of him. All of him. So I got three questions. One it out. What do the cherubim teach us about God? Lincoln, yeah. Well, close, yeah. Um, it teaches that God is holy, right? Because he had to separate it. He had to put something in a block. He had to separate us, right? He will not allow anything sinful to live with him. Because of our sin, we can't live with God. So our sin, we can't do anything. But what did God do so that we could live with him again? Well, yeah, so what, what, what did he do with his son? His son died on the cross for us and sacrificed and took our wrath, yeah. So he sent Jesus, right? And Jesus was a new Adam who made a way back into God's garden. And he died for sinners so that, so that the cherubim-covered curtain could be torn in two, right? So he made that way for us. We couldn't do it by our own merits. Only Christ could. Now, last question. How could Jesus' death make it possible for us to live with God? It's almost like a little bit of a more in-depth what we just talked about. So he bore the sins of his people and suffered the punishment that their sin deserved, that we rightly deserve. When we trust in him alone for salvation, God removes our sin from us and sees us as holy. Remember, we're clothed in Christ's righteousness as believers. Because of this, we could come back to God's holy presence, and God promises that one day those who trust in Jesus will be brought back to Eden to live with him forever. So, like I said, if we are to live with God, our sin must be removed of us, but only by Christ alone, right? Trusting him, repenting, and believing in him. That's how we can be together with God. So today, with all of us here, I just want to pray that God would give your children and you a deeper sense of his holiness (laughs) and their need to be reconciled to him through Christ. I appreciate you all coming up here to listen, okay? So we're going to go and do a quick prayer, and we'll get into some worship. God, we thank you once again for this time to meditate on your word and hear it and and be able to teach others around us about this. Ultimately, everything always comes down to Christ alone. We preach Christ crucified. We thank you for your son that allows us to be seen righteous through his blood. Only by him alone can we even have a relationship with you, Lord, and we're so thankful for that. Uh, We pray for more uh, teachings on this. We pray for knowledge and wisdom from the scriptures to show us more about Christ and more about you, God, as we take great joy in that and as we should and and to ultimately glorify you as you rightly deserve. Uh, We praise you and thank you. In your name we pray, amen.